You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go, a podcast that'll change how you think and change your life. I'm Willie Horton and I'm a psychologist. I've been helping people change their lives since 1996. Broadcasting from the French Alps and delighted to have you along. Let's take this week's step in the right direction. In our last episode, we, we talked about coincidence. What, what people like Deepak Chopra call synchronicity. The synchronizing of events in our lives, or perhaps in the universe, but that is possibly a conversation for another day when we might delve into quantum physics, but the synchronizing of things in our lives that move us in the direction we would like our lives to go. And obviously we can't notice coincidence, be aware of coincidence, be aware of synchronicity, unless we have turned up to the here and now. And as we've discussed in earlier episodes, that that is a major challenge for the normal mind because the normal mind is either buried automatically in the past or worrying about the future with the result that the normally minded person almost doesn't turn up to the here and now at all. I want to continue our discussion on coincidence in this particular episode but before I do I want to come back to one particular point that I mentioned last week because it is a point that a couple of people have contacted me on. I made the comment during last week's episode that it might almost appear as if me and my family in 2002 moved to France on a whim. I actually used the word whim, but I didn't use the word whim in the way in which the normally minded person might think that that is kind of a flight of fancy or something off the cuff or something that's just occurred to me or as somebody else described it to me recently headless chickenness in other words running around like a headless chicken I'll do this now oh no I'll do that over there because oh I, I feel that would be interesting oh my god look I'll do that over there or as somebody else described it to me recently shiny object syndrome I've decided to focus on this today oh no that looks more interesting the fact is that the normal mind when it operates on a whim or is subject to shiny object syndrome is jumping all over the place and it's jumping all over the place because of the normal mind's inability to focus that is not what I was talking about when I was talking about doing something on a whim if you look at all the research from the universities of Chicago and Milan and other august bodies that were involved in the so-called flow research, you will find that one of what I would describe as the attributes of flow is spontaneity. Now again, immediately the normal mind will say, oh hold on, that is behaving like a headless chicken. But actually that is not what the research refers to. What the research refers to is that because I understand in my gut that something feels like the right thing to do, although I may not have planned to do it, although it may not be on my normal crazy to-do list, I'll go and do that instead. I will be spontaneous. Now there are a number of moving parts to the statement I've just made, and the first and most important of those moving parts is because it feels right. I've referred before 
in a number of podcasts and I refer to it uh, quite a, a lot in the conversations that I have with business leaders or business owners or some of the online conversations I have with owners of the online program. I refer regularly to gut instinct. Some of my female clients call it their feminine intuition and that's cool as well. We're referring to the same thing. We're referring to an understanding that we have deep down of what the right thing is to do and what the wrong thing is to avoid doing. We know the best way forward ourselves. Our doing brain actually knows that and I'll come back to what I mean by that in a second. And that is what I'm referring to when I talk about knowing that something feels like the right thing to do. In other words, an awful lot of my clients when I would have met them first or when we would have worked through this kind of stuff over the first couple of months would be people like a lot of people in business and in life that have to-do lists and they would religiously attempt to follow their to-do lists and I say attempt because very often people with the habit of putting together to-do lists end up with a longer to-do list at the end of the day than they had at the start of the day and therefore the to-do list becomes a whip with which they beat themselves. People with to-do lists have thought it through. They've thought through what needs to be on the to-do list to achieve certain things, to meet certain milestones, to move along on the journey that they think will take them to the goals that they want to achieve. That is not the way the subconscious, the doing mind, actually works. Research from the 1940s and 50s, way back, discovered that the subconscious mind is what could be described as cybernetic. It's like a heat-seeking missile. If you give the subconscious mind the coordinates, so to speak, of your goal or objective, the outcome you want to achieve, the subconscious mind will duck and weave to get there, not in the way in which the thinking mind might think is the best way to get there. It'll get there by the shortest, most effective and most efficient route. That is what it is designed to do. Let's go back 10,000 years to when we were hunter-gatherers and when our main goal and objective was to not die today, to make it through the day. Our doing mind, our subconscious mind, was ever alert to the possibility that there might be a threat that would prevent us making it through the day. So when, or if, the bushes rustled, and a man or woman eating bear, lion or tiger leaped from the bushes and confronted us. It is our subconscious doing mind that would immediately spring into action. The thinking mind has no role to play in a situation like that. It's not going to project plan the seven steps that I need to take to survive and, and get away from this man or woman eating beast. No, I need to do it and I need to do what I need to do in the splittest of seconds. And the doing mind is designed to do just that. Regardless of whether or not I've walked into a completely new clearing in the jungle, say I've walked into a place where I've never been before, the doing mind, the subconscious mind, will already have a detailed map of the fastest and most effective route out of there should I be confronted by a threat. And that is what I will do. That is the direction I will take the minute I am confronted. The doing mind springs into action. So very often I would talk to my clients, business people, for example, who find that they're doing some strategic planning, 
and they think that their business is at, say, point A, and they would love their business to move forward to get to point H at the end of the year. They assume, having been classically educated in the skills of business management, maybe they have MBAs, you know, maybe they have masters of this, that, or the other, or masters of nothing, as it turns out, because they think that they need to go B, C, D, E, F, and G to get to H. But that isn't how the doing mind works. It will take the shortest and most effective route to H, which may be A, J, X, H. I'll end up at H if I set my doing mind properly to the objective I want to achieve in exactly the same way as my doing mind has been set to the objective of survival when I was a hunter-gatherer. And that is what I'm talking about in relation to spontaneity or doing things on what normal people would consider to be a whim. Normal people using their normal mind normally haven't a clue how the mind actually works and how it will get me to where I want to go effortlessly if I would just get out of its way, if I would just stop thinking about the things I need to do and start actually doing the things that my subconscious mind knows I need to do to get the kind of life I would love to live. So I hope I've cleared up that particular point in relation to doing things on a whim. My comment last week was that it would appear that we might have done what we had done on a whim, but it would only appear like that to other people who, who obviously, as I said a moment ago, haven't a clue how the doing mind actually gets you what you want without you feeling that you really had to try. That's why so many of my clients say that things seem to just happen to them, the things they want to achieve. Now, you and I know that nothing in life just happens. A man or a woman's got to do what a man or a woman has got to do. But the point is, when you're letting the doing mind just do it, the doing mind will just do it. And it becomes, according to neuroscience, effortless. Indeed, quite a number of clients over the years, and quite recently as well, have contacted me after something has appeared to, quote-unquote, fall into their lap. And very often I would get an email or a call saying, ah, this is what you've been talking about when you've been talking about effortlessness. Oh, the struggle and the stress and the fight to move forward in the normal life. The struggle at this time of the year of keeping up to your normal New Year's resolutions, which have probably been dusted down from last year's or the year before's or possibly a decade ago. Oh, the struggle we put ourselves under by trying to think things through, when all we have to do is know what we want to achieve, know what it looks and feels like, set our mind accordingly, and let our doing mind go and do the necessary. Spontaneity, operating on what appears to be a whim, this is how we get to where we want to go in the fastest, most effective and most efficient way. The shortest route to success. The effortless route to success. And obviously one of the key parts in relation to operating spontaneously is that I'm aware of what is going on and I'm aware of its importance or otherwise. As I said to somebody else after I had recorded last week's podcast, a coincidence is something that happens unexpectedly. 
If you expected it, it wouldn't be a coincidence. And the problem the normally minded person has is that the normal mind only perceives what it expects to perceive. So it can't perceive something unexpected. And that is why you need to take your thinking mind, set it aside in the corner by developing your ability to pay attention to the here and now, and turn up to the here and now where you are alert to what is actually going on, including the unexpected. But you know the really interesting thing about coincidence? We kind of think that coincidence happens now in relation to something in the future. But very often, coincidence doesn't follow a rational timeline. Very often, coincidences have already happened. We've, I've alluded before to the fact that the subconscious mind doesn't understand what psychology, or for that matter, quantum physics, calls the arrow of time, the past, the present, and the future. Time doesn't travel in straight lines. Quantum physics knows that. Einstein knew that. We know that as normal people, even if we're using our minds normally, when a two-week holiday flies and when a one day in a management meeting or doing something that I don't want to do or a half day spending time with a person that would be described by my wife as an energy vampire when that kind of time actually drags. For clock watchers, time is slow. For people who are in flow, time travels fast. And indeed, now that I say that, it just occurs to me that one of the other, what I would describe as attributes of flow, is a changing perspective or perception of time. And it doesn't necessarily just allude to the fact that the old expression, time flies when you're having fun, it is a warped perception of time. I, I shouldn't use the word warp because it's a real perception of time. People who think that tra time travels in a straight line, they're the ones with the warped perspective, the warped perception. Just before I sat down to record this episode, I had a conversation with a client who was talking about last week's podcast episode we were talking about coincidence and we were talking about how coincidence often happens not in the timeline in the way in which we would I was going to say expect it to happen but you now know that anything that we expect is coming from our normal mind and we really need to take those blinkers off anyway I was talking to this client and he was talking to me about one of the top performers on his team this lady has been with him for the last two years and she is literally blowing away all the other people on his team as a result of her focus, her effectiveness and her efficiency. And he told me this story about how about two years ago he was sitting down in his office and one of the senior members of his team came into him with a pile of CVs and he said, here is a list of the CVs of people who have applied for that job on our team. He said, and I've sorted them between the people we have shortlisted and the people we want to interview on the one hand, and the rest of the CVs are just there, I suppose, for reference to show you that we have gone through this process properly. My friend, 
thumbed through all the CVs. And about two-thirds of the way through the rejected CVs was not a name he recognised, because he didn't really know the lady in question, but a, the CV of an individual that simply caught his eye as a result of the word Australia. The coincidence that led to this particular girl becoming one of his most prized team members had happened five years previously. He, along with about another 500 people, had been attending an international engineering conference and over a cup of coffee during one of the short breaks he had had a brief conversation with an Irish engineer who had just come back from spending five years in Australia. And he isn't really sure what impressed him about this lady at the time. It's just something that stuck in his mind. Five years later, he's thumbing through the list of rejected CVs. He sees the word Australia. He looks through it in detail and realises that it is the CV of the girl that had made some subconscious impression on him five years previously. And he says to the guys who are going to interview potentials for this new position on his leadership team, would you include this lady in your interviews? I'd just be interested to see if a gut instinct that I have is something worth listening to. He had no part to play in the selection process. His leadership team went through that process, the head of engineering and the head of HR. And they selected this girl and she started in his team two years ago and she is now the star performer in that team. She didn't know when she met my friend at an engineering conference five years previously. She didn't know the significance of that cup of coffee. The point is we don't know the significance of anything that is going on in the here and now, so we better turn up to everything that is going on in the here and now. Because it is the little things that we do or fail to do that get us to where we end up. And if we have goals and objectives that we would dearly love to achieve, or if we have a picture in our own minds of the kind of life we love to live. Then when we do turn up to each here and now, we will begin to be able to recognize the significance of coincidences as they arise. We will be able to sift ordinary coincidences from extraordinary coincidences. Now I need to explain what I mean by that. Because there are coincidences going on around us all of the time. Indeed, since last week's podcast, I've had more feedback than any video that I've ever published in the last 12 years, any podcast that I've published since I started doing this, or any Facebook Lives since I started doing Facebook Lives uh, just over a year ago. I've had a load of feedback from people who've been talking to me about 
what some of them described as silly little coincidences. There's no such thing as a silly little coincidence because even if it is an ordinary coincidence, the realisation that it is a coincidence tells us that I am present in the here and now, that I actually know what's going on, that I have perceived something unexpected, that grabbed my attention because of the unexpectedness of what has actually happened. And that means that I'm not operating from my thinking mind, which only perceives what it expects to perceive. And that means that I'm in a different place to all the other normal crazy people on this planet. Now, that's a phrase that I continually and regularly use, and I've been using that phrase for years and uh, decades at this stage. If you're not in control of your own state of mind, but rather your mind is in control of you, that's as clear a definition of crazy as I have ever heard. If I'm operating on automatic pilot, I'm physically present and mentally God knows where. Your life, my life, is lived here and now. The magic, and that's a word that is used by a number of my clients, and you know, some people might say, oh, that denigrates what we're actually talking about here. But if you look at the way quantum physics views how the universe actually works in real time, in energy, in the interconnectedness of energy, it will look like magic to the normal crazy person. The magic of moving your life forward happens in the here and now. And you know, the word magic is very much like the word whim that I used earlier on. Somebody being in flow, knowing what is happening, doing something spontaneously will appear to be acting on a whim to the normally minded person. Somebody who is achieving things as a result of being in the zone and just doing the right thing to the extent that what they want falls into their lap looks like magic to the normally minded person. But science tells us that coincidences are signposts on the road that we need to take the shortest possible route, the most effective and efficient way of getting to where we want to go. That's, that's where all these different ideas come together. Cast your mind back to a few minutes ago when I talked about being confronted by the tiger in the bushes and the subconscious, the doing mind, knowing exactly what I need to do. Nothing else, no second thought, nothing else involved, no evaluation, no thinking about it, no procrastinating, no sitting back and analysing. And I need to get out of here now by the shortest possible, most effective, most efficient route. That is how your subconscious mind works for everything that you want to achieve. Not just the goal of survival, absolutely everything that you want to achieve. You need to get your thinking mind out of the way and one of the key measures by which you can evaluate the extent to which you have got your thinking mind out of the way is the measure of how much you are noticing the synchronicity of the moment, the coincidences that are taking place in your life as they are taking place in the here and now. That means you and I really need to challenge ourselves to ensure that we are constantly pushing the boundaries of our own ability 
our own innate ability, our own natural ability to be present in the moment. You might think I've just contradicted myself by saying that the normal mind, and normal means almost everybody, according to Harvard it means 96% of people, and I reckon Harvard understated that figure. I've been doing this for 25 years, and I think 99% of people are normal crazy. But you might think I have contradicted myself by saying on the one hand that it's normal to be crazy, and on the other hand we have this natural ability to be present. Let me clarify that. When you were three, you were in the zone all of the time. Unfortunately, you didn't have the proper filters to ensure that you didn't take stuff in that would damage you and that you only took stuff in that would lead you in the right direction. We didn't have that filter when we were three years old. But when you were three, you were completely and utterly present. It is your true nature to be present. Now, by the time you got to 11 or 12, on the basis that your developmental psychological trajectory up to the age of 12 was all designed to get you to a point where you could go out hunting for tonight's dinner without worrying about all the routine stuff of everyday life, without giving it a second thought, by doing it all automatically, based on the thought programs that you had learned, particularly in the third year of your life, but all the way up to 12. By the time you got to 12 or 13, by the time we were ready to go out and hunt for tonight's dinner, our minds had actually begun to operate in a completely different way. We began to operate routinely from the thought programs that would enable us to get us through the day so that our complete and utter clarity of mind, which was our true nature when we were three years old, was held in reserve for life-threatening situations. We need to get back to that true nature of being able to be simply here in the zone, free, free from the looped thoughts that hold us back. When we even begin to get there, we begin to notice what's going on. First of all, we begin to notice the utter madness of what's going on with other people, but we begin to notice the little signposts that will bring us in the direction that we want our life to go. Somebody said to me last week, or after last week's podcast episode, that they were intrigued by some of the coincidences that led us to move to France. But I've loads of stories like that, and I've loads of stories from my clients like that as well. But there is one particular story I want to finish this particular episode on, and that is back when I was still working in banking and back when I had all kinds of different ideas about what my own business might be like. One of the things that I settled upon was developing a piece of software for financial planning purposes. You must bear in mind my original background is as an accountant, tax consultant and banker. I got this in got this notion into my head that I wanted to design a very particular piece of high functioning financial planning software and I explained what I wanted to do to a few people in the IT world and I hadn't a clue what I was talking about so I decided and maybe it's the fact that I'm a little bit pig-headed I decided hold on if nobody knows what I'm talking about I'll learn to program and I'll make this piece of software myself now I actually had that penny drop one morning when I was on my way into work when I was still working in life insurance. This is probably 1988. It was pouring rain that morning. 
So rather than take my normal route to work, I walked down an alley to cut through from where I parked the car, in through a bookshop and out the other side to get into my office. But in my haste running through the bookshop, I tripped and fell into a pile of basic programming books. I actually literally fell over the book that first taught me how to get a computer to talk back to me, to get a computer to do the things that I actually wanted the computer to do. This stuff is happening all the time. It's happening in your life all the time. It's happening in our lives all the time. We need to simply be alert and wake up to the fact that when we do fall over a pile of books, it may, it may be more significant than simply the fact that we made a fool of ourselves in a bookshop. And the reason I say may, and we'll come back to this in another episode, is that as I said earlier on, not all coincidences are equal. But until you turn up to the here and now and notice the coincidences and know where you want to go in your life, you won't know the difference. You've been listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go. To get involved, join me in my Facebook group, strangely enough called, To Succeed, Just Let Go. And for more information, visit www.willie-horton.com.